This podcast believes that every woman has the right to choose what to do with their own body. We are not interested in viewers who believe otherwise. Now, on with the show. Hello and welcome into a new episode. This is the Scarves Up Podcast. I'm your host, Nat Maymoudis. In person, for the first time in a while, with David Maymoudis. How are you doing today? Doing well, thanks. And we got a lot to get into today, so let's uh, get right into all the action. Uh, we're talking about three Sounders games, Montreal, Toronto, and Portland, and then we'll also cover um, some of the biggest headlines that have happened um, in the last couple of weeks. And obviously in two of these games, the Sounders let away teams come to Lumen Field wearing ugly uniforms and, you know, beat our A-team. And, uh, you know, we'll get more into the details of all of that, but not a good sequence of games for the Sounders overall. So let's get right into this game against Montreal, which was on the 29th. Um, Sounders uh, coming on, going into this game uh, with a big win against SKC. Um, I think if uh, I think before um, before I would have said that I was. I would have expected the results sort of to be flip-flopped based on how SKC was playing going into this, going into to that game, and then also how SKC was playing. Um, and how, SKC has always been a tough yeah, opponent for been the Sounders, especially that's, at home. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. So I would have like expected them to maybe do 2-1 and then us to beat Montreal. But that being said, SKC is not playing well this year, and Montreal is. And Montreal played very, very well in this game, um, but... But also, the yeah. Sounders gave them some gifts, especially that first goal. Jackson Reagan just gets caught in possession. I guess another theme for today will be uh, Reagan showing some of his experience uh, in both games. Yeah, really, the first on the, the chance on the first goal uh, with a play by Reagan, I feel like... This is one of the first mistakes we've really seen from Reagan. Um, and I think that is a testament to just how good he's been with the team. I really like Jackson Reagan. I think he's been really solid with both Yamar and Ariaga um, uh, getting injured at times. So he's been filling in for both of them. And to some extent, he's progressing you know, so fast that I think you know, he's doing some of the things you associate with sort of the sophomore slump where... You know, you 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 go from your your nervousness as a rookie and feel comfortable enough that you know then you make effectively some careless mistakes by, um, you know, letting your guard down just a little bit. And I think mm-hmm. that was here in both of these games. Yep, I agree with that. Um, for this home game, the Sounders were also wearing um, our Jimi Hendrix uniforms instead of the green. I always. Dude, I don't like when we don't wear green at home. I I think that's just wrong. And I feel like when I see 
us wearing not green at home, like I'm like, okay, this is not going to go well. Uh, do you think that also played a part into this game? Um, you know, I don't know. And the the Montreal uniforms, what were they? Were they beige or something like that? No, they were they were gray. I think both of them no. just looked pretty terrible on television. You know, the 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 the, the Jimi Hendrix kit doesn't show up well. I yeah, think, on pretty television. much just looks dark. Um, you know, so I don't know. I I agree with you that I like to see the green at home. Yeah. Um, unclear why. I I think there was a special. There was something on the jersey. I can't remember at this point why we were in those jerseys. Um, but yeah, I I wish we were in, in green. Um, definitely for this game. Um, the Sounders did score first. Uh, in this game, Jordan Morris right at the beginning in the of the third game. Minute. Not only on that, that chance, but but a, a couple of other chances where Mont- Montreal was pressing and the Sounders had some opportunities over the top. I think there was another chance that didn't get finished a few minutes later. Um, but yeah, yes. you know, just put you know Montreal pushing up very high, which is a dangerous thing to do against Jordan. Um, I thought the chance had had gone initially because he sort of turned back away from goal, but then he did another turn and put it into the corner. So a, a great a great job, you know, showing not only his speed but also his strength and and finesse. Yeah, it's a really really good finish. There's a lot of skill there. Um, if he if he would have gone down, there's a chance that there could have also been a penalty. It looks like he's he is definitely fouled, but. Jordan Morris, very strong, um, stays up and, and puts it in the net. Um, great finish from Morris. Um, but, but then, again, like, after this game, um, like, it wasn't surprising when, when Montreal took the lead. Like, we, I don't think, I, I don't know if we really deserve to lose this game, but I, we definitely did not deserve to win this game. Thought, thoughts on what else Montreal did well in this game? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously taking advantage of Seattle's Seattle's error, um, you know, finishing the, the one other chance that they got. Uh, I guess both teams had a lot of chances in in this game. You know, Montero had a, had a ball off the crossbar. Um, you know, both teams had, had the chance to score more um, than, than they did. You know, and so in the end, perhaps the defensive error is, you know, was the difference. But I think either team could have scored another goal or two if they'd just been a little more on target with their final final touches. Both teams, um, both teams, yes, had five shots on goal. Um, very even game um, all around. Uh, the possession was fifty-one percent to to the Sounders. Um, uh, the Sounders won duels one thirty nine to thirty. Um, they also won tackles one seven to four. Um, I mean, it was a very even game. Um, just Mont, we just didn't challenge Montreal enough. And um, similar to the Sounders last game when we started um, the before the SKC game, because Bruins started the SKC game. Um, but the game before that, um, where Montero started, um, I was uh, LAFC. I'm um, going all the way back to that. 
um, it was again um, I, like very obvious that um, Roy Diaz wasn't on the field in this game. Like um, again, Montero is not our target forward anymore. He's not. He doesn't play that position. He doesn't have the legs that he once did. And obviously, he plays more of the false nine position. But the Sounders are just not. I feel like you just can't play Montero alone by himself up top anymore. You know, so I, like I, I want to stop. See, I want to stop seeing that. Obviously, it sort of worked in Toronto, but Toronto is just terrible this year. So like, but but in and the obviously games against, against good teams against Portland, we had Roy Diaz back, and he put one you know off the post. Very similar to Montero's, you know, both of them had a chance against an open net that you would have thought they could make. And, you know, Rui Diaz wasn't the magical solution in the Portland game to that. But but the Sounders, but, but while he didn't finish that in the Portland game, which we'll get to um, a little more later on, um, he still had the Sounders were were creating chances and actually getting to the ball. That final touch maybe wasn't there, but we were getting to it. And in this, right. So I agree with you that the Sounders do better when they have somebody in the box that can function as a target forward. Yeah, and and Mon and and that's why we had success with Bruin in the SKC game, and that's why we didn't have success with Montero um, in this game. And then unfortunately um, for this game, the Bruin had entered uh, COVID protocols, so he wasn't available. I'm interested to know if he would have started since he's started the game on on Saturday. I, I don't, and he had success. Obviously, he got his goal. It's interest. I do wonder if he would have started this Montreal game or if he would have started the the game against Toronto because he definitely would have started one of those games. Instead, Montreal Montero started both of them. Um, yeah, and obviously with uh, going back to in this Montreal game, we really didn't have anyone off the bench that we could really go to um, in this game because of all the players who were out. Because well, that's right, Bruin well, wasn't available for that game. Yeah, so like pretty yeah. much the only player that we could bring in, uh, like attacking wise, was Leo Chu. And what about Dylan Tevez? Uh, well, Dylan Tevez didn't play in this. He he didn't. He didn't play in this game. Was not on the bench um, for the. He the was on the bench, game. but he didn't play. And then also Madronda. So pretty much to me, like the and and we did see Madronda and Leo Chu come in. Um, right, but it does but, feel like the Sounders' depth has being has been tested. Um, you know, it it at the beginning of the season it felt like we had, you know, sort of too many options to to bring in, and um, right now we're definitely seeing. That it feels like we can still put a good eleven on the field, but you know the the rest of the eighteen is perhaps less exciting. You don't feel like you have an infinite set of additional starters ready to come in. But the good thing is, like uh, now, the depth. Uh, every it seems like pretty much everyone is back, and hopefully everyone can stay healthy. But uh, going back to to Leo Chu in in the game against Montreal, when he came in, he looked. Bad. I have not been impressed with Leo Chu. Every time he's on the ball, I feel like he's going to give it away. That's what happened in this Montreal game. Um, yes, he, he was successful in the SKC game, but didn't do enough. 
Um, I want better from Leo Chu. Um, he, some people were recently comparing him to Emmanuel Succini, who was with us in 2019. Um, another young player who really didn't do much. Um, just like it, it, it didn't work out. Um, maybe I was saying that he was sort of like Magnus Wolf Ikram, um, in which he's been involved in a couple goals, but also not working out much. Um, Leo Chu really needs to step up because like, that's a or or in this transfer window like that, play, another player like that and other players who can fill in at the midfield like that is where I think we need to be looking, because um, I I mean I like all our young guys but we don't really have a backup attacking midfielder we just have a bunch of people who play, um, we uh, who play defensive midfield. Uh, but we need that. Um, we need a little more attacking midfield, um, who's not a winger, um, and then maybe also maybe just another forward, like uh, another forward who knows who knows MOS um, for those times when we don't have um, Bruin or Ra- Raul Ruiz. Because in my in my mind, Montero is not a forward; he's a midfielder. Um, right. So somebody else who plays more as a clear number nine. Yes. Um, Final thoughts on this Montreal game. Um, Very, very annoying to see Kai Kamara get two assists. Um, He had both the assists on on Toy's goal. Um, Any thoughts on on Kai Kamara or his hair? No. um, You know, um, always always been a good player, uh, capable of forcing forcing things to happen. yeah, I'll let you comment on the hair. Um, uh, all I'll say is it's uh, it's dumb looking. And, okay, uh, but at least his parents can to... find them on the field. Fair enough. Okay, moving on to the next game against uh, Toronto. Uh, the Sounder, um, the Sounders uh, making a whole lot of changes. For this game, Toronto has been struggling. They're really playing like them old, their old self. Um, just playing absolutely terrible. Um, uh, the Sounders um, in this game played more of a lineup from last year um, with three at the back. Um, we saw so that we saw uh, Reagan. Nuhu and Yamar, and then uh, the wingbacks, Madronda and Rodon, um, Danny Leva next to Ladero, um, and then up top, Leo Chu, Montero, and Dylan Tevez, and then also uh, Stephen Cleveland comes uh, comes in, to, uh, Fry, Morris, Rodon, um, did not travel, um, along with the players who... Were injured or in COVID protocol. Yep, obviously, um, uh, Schmetzer gambling that he can go to Toronto and win and rest up some players for the Portland game. What do you what uh, What do you think of the, the lineup for this game? Um, you know, I mean, again, you know, shows the the Sounders' depth of squad. Um, you know, obviously, the results speak for themselves. the The team was good enough to do what it needed to do. Um. You know, gave people like Tevez a chance to to step up uh, and show what they could do, and 
you know, seems like like it worked out well as a plan. Well, at least in, until yesterday, it seemed like it worked out well as a plan. Uh, so the Sounders uh, would open the scoring. Uh, Dinan Tevez got his first goal as a Sounder. Um, Toronto continues to be a place where our young guys score. Of course, Hondwana Buana um, uh, got got his uh, got his first inter- his first MLS goal um, in Toronto. Um, thoughts on on the goal by Dinan Tevez? Um, yeah, you know, just reacted well, uh, you know, cut well toward the, towards the goal when he needed to, you know, tricky, tricky finish from very close range. Um, just a good striker's goal. How do you think Dinan Tevez's play compares to some of the other young players? Obviously, he's older than Leva Retencio. He came out of uh, UW. Um, and played with the University of Washington team that made it to the College Cup final. Um, but how do you think he compares? So we, we in, the, in the past we've talked about that um, some players you know, like Ethan Dobler, like he Ethan Dobler is one of those players who like every time he's on the field, like it doesn't feel like he's a pro. Like he like he feels he just looks like a kid out on the field. But didn't tell us. Every time he's been on the field for the few moments he's had, uh, and this was the first actual time he started, has played really well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always hard to judge strikers, you know, because they're, um, you don't get to see them dribbling around with the ball a whole lot. You know, either the service comes to them or doesn't. And then, you know, if they miss a finish, it's hard to know, you know, it's hard to know if they, you know, should have converted a, a chance that's a, you know, a tricky shot. Um, so, but he, you know, shows what he can do in a full game and, uh, you know, gets the, gets the score. So, you know, no complaints there. And, and again, good to, you know, good to see him there as an option at striker for, uh, for the Sounders. You know, I'm not sure he's the, the dominant number nine that you're, that you're saying we should look in the transfer window. So, uh, you know, we'll see how he develops. Yeah, it's a good, it's a great finish. Good job getting the box. Um, as uh, I don't want to give credit to Leo Chu on this play, but Leo Chu put in a good ball. Um, he almost lost it. He almost lost it on this play. Um, but, I mean, he 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 makes a good run um, and gets the assist. Um, I think there's a chance that uh, Montero also finishes this chance if Tevez misses it. Uh, Montero is behind Tevez. He's he's right on the play. Um, was it good to see? Um, good goal for the Sounders to open up the the to uh, take the lead in Toronto. Um, also in the first half, uh, we saw Carlos Salcedo get a yellow card, one of Toronto's center backs, for a, for a flying tackle, which did not win the ball um, uh, at all. Um, and after the match, Carlos Salcedo tweeting that there is no way that that was a yellow card or even a foul. Uh, thoughts on this play? Um, I think he's very lucky to not have been sent off. Yeah, you know, I mean, again, maybe it just shows how much room for discussion there is about anything to do with officiating, um, you know, that it's surprising that he thought there was no foul there at all. Um, 
you know, I agree with you that it's a play he could have been sent off for. You know, what the correct answer is, I don't pretend to know. Uh, yeah, I think, well, I, I do think it's a red card. But if it's not a red card, it, like, it's 100% a foul. Like, you can win the, um, um, like, even if you win the ball, if you go in with as much force as he does, like, he goes sprinting into this tackle hard. The it's His legs are up high. Um, right, uh, but so I mean, like, I think, like, you if know. You, anytime you go into a tackle that hard, even if you get the ball, like, that's endangering this. That is, like, for, for safety reasons, you, you should get a yellow card. But I think this is, you know, this is a question. If you do have the ball, are you still supposed to, you know, avoid contact, you know, the way I would in my soccer games? Or, you know, is getting the ball, you know, does that then exclude, excuse a lot of contact? Getting um, the ball and similarly, not, you you still can't injure the player. If similarly, the if the, you know, if a player, um, if a player, you know, sees the contact coming and takes take steps to try to minimize the contact or, you know, get their legs off of the ground so that their standing leg won't get crumpled, you know, does that, should that affect how the foul is called? You know, and I think we'll we'll no. talk about that in the uh, Ladero foul from the next game. You yeah. know, I think the the question of, you know, do you, if you see the hit coming, you know, is it like a, a charging foul in basketball where, you know, if you flinch, then it's a foul on you and it's your job to sort of stand there and take the foul. Uh, otherwise, it won't get called. Uh, I think in soccer, if you, I mean, if you jump to avoid getting injured, like, and someone's leg is way too high and the studs are showing and you jumped so you don't actually make contact, it's still a foul. Like, you should still get a red card because... Um, a high kick is still also a foul. So in that sense, um, like, it, there doesn't have to be contact. There never, there does not have to be contact for there to be a red card. Um, moving on, um, past this game, he stayed on the field. Um, and I believe he didn't even get suspended. Um, um. Has it, has it been officially reviewed yet by the... Disciplinary committee. Well, I mean, that game was a week ago, so if he got suspended, it's gonna it, it must have already happened. Um, do you want to check that? Uh, do you want to uh, check that while we talk about while I talk about the second goal in this game? Um, going back to what I've been saying about Montero, I mean, the, this goal that Montero scores to make it two zero is is the epitome of a midfielder's goal. Like um, he's coming in late. And hits it from the top of the box. I mean, it's a great finish, but this is not a forwards goal. Um, and this just like uh, emphasizes that he is a midfielder. Um, uh, thoughts on the goal by uh, Montero? Um, sorry, which goal are we talking about? The, the, the only other goal in this in this game is Montero. yeah. I'm trying to remember yeah. what the finish was. Uh, just... It's it's top of the box. Um, top of the box finish. Um, just like a lot of a lot of defenders, no one's in the way. It's just again terrible defending by Toronto. Um, just in general, Toronto just like in this game, very very obvious. 
Oh, this was the one where where they slipped it through to Montero and Leo yeah. Chu was also sort of wide open on the play on the other side of the box. Yes, that's... Yeah, just I think the Sounders, you know, getting a lot of attacking players forward and really overwhelming Toronto's defense um, and just showing Toronto's disorganization. So, yeah, you know, good, good calm finish by Montero again. You know, kind of an attacking midfielder's goal. Back to the other discussion. There's the one that, uh, yeah, and a great ball by uh, Ladero um, to find uh, Montero. Um, but I, I did. It was just very, very obvious um, how that Toronto is not doing well this season. Just so many bad giveaways um, by Toronto um, in this game. The defense was bad. Um, obviously, like on the goals, like our players were completely unmarked. Um, but yeah, just so many giveaways, um, especially by Michael Bradley. I mean, every time Michael Bradley touched the ball, he gave the ball away. Um, just absolutely, absolutely terrible um, by him. Uh, thought, thoughts on Toronto um, in general. Like, do you find, like... What's going on with Toronto? I mean, Toronto's a strange team because, like, they've had recent success, but now and right, like but they still have like, a lot of they still have a lot of players. Um, a lot of. I mean, Bradley is hanging around, but they're you know they're clearly in a rebuilding period. Bradley isn't the player he used to be. He needs to retire. Um, they just announced that they brought in Mark Anthony K. Um, so he's been reunited with Bob Bradley. Obviously, he found success at LAFC. Um, they have also now with the transfer window um, open. Um, Lorenzo Insignia can can start playing. Um, they have also announced that they're signing uh, Bernadetsky. Um, so they as they continue to become the Italian national team um, to to bring him in. They um, uh, to bring him in. Uh, they they traded um, Posuelo. Um, to Inter Miami, so Inter Miami now has him. Um, Chris Henderson, um, definitely like uh, getting him on the cheap, um, and we'll we can see what he does in Miami. Um, also, it seems like Carlos Sosedo, player who should have gotten a red card, he's moving on as well. Um, him, he'll be. It seems like he's going back to Liga MX, the Mexican defender. Um, obviously, we've seen teams before, MOS teams, get into the playoffs, um, um, pretty much just because one DP shows up in the middle of the summer. Do you think, uh, Insignia and Bernadetsky, um, are going to, uh, do enough for Toronto that Toronto is in the playoffs? I mean, the Eastern Conference is still very, very tight. Um, Toronto has 19 points. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously and, a lot of interesting yeah. transfers coming in. Um, too soon to know what impact all of them will have, but it should make for interesting watching for the second half of the season. We think about players like uh, Ladero. Obviously, when Ladero came in midseason, turned it around. Uh, Ren Rudy came in. TC makes the playoffs. Um, and we've seen, we've seen that with... with Lots of other teams. There's numerous. Yeah, could happen. Maybe examples. maybe Bradley will suddenly look five years younger. Do you His hair think will grow it back. Happen? Uh, do you no, think it happens? Do I don't think, think it happens for Toronto, but you know who knows. Do you think Miami? Uh, do you think uh, Pozuelo 
we'll see uh, we'll see his 2019 form when uh, which got them to the last MLS Cup. Do you think in Miami will make it? To yeah, the playoffs just or haven't or watched Miami playoffs? a lot. Don't have an opinion there. Um, so yeah, we'll be interested to see. I mean, the East is still so close. Like, um, do the Sounders play Miami this year? Well, we already played Miami this year. And what happened then? Uh, we lost. Remember, uh, DeAndre Yedlund had the had the assist. Uh, that was that was early in the year. That was in, in yeah. that was in Seattle. In our CCL focus period. Exactly. Um, yeah, we already yeah already played Miami. Um, yeah, uh, exactly. Um, uh, moving on. Um, Moving on, and yeah, I didn't just wrap up what I was saying about the Eastern Conference. Um, like last place, Chicago has 17 points, um, and Cincinnati has, which is holding the last spot, um, in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, only has 26. So like it's still, like they're only three games back. Um, it's still very possible. For like the the bottom teams in the East to make it into the playoffs, right? Obviously, all of the you know all of the except you know except at the very bottom, um, yeah, a lot of lot of still possibilities still in the season. Yeah, very close. We got two teams on the outside, just one point behind um, Cincinnati, and, and obviously like yeah, again, very very close. Uh, but uh, Sounders leaves Toronto. Feeling better than Bob. Uh, but, you know, Bob is not feeling so good these days, so we maybe need to find another another benchmark for comparison because we want to see Brian feeling better than everybody in the league and not just, not just Bob. Uh, speaking of Brian uh, feeling better uh, for this last game, um, and for this week, it seems like Brian Schmetzer has COVID. They never really said, they've never said that. Right, not not clear if he actually had it or just had close close exposure to it. Uh, what, what, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, what do you think of, um, well, do you have any thoughts on, on that story or do you have any, I, do you, I mean, like, it feels like he has to. It, he has to have just been exposed or something. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't yeah, really know was, what the rules are or these he days. Had it or like, yeah, or like, yeah, because it seems like if he truly had it, he like even the coaches wouldn't be allowed to be on the sideline. Right. I mean, in the question of you know outdoor activities where you're staying twenty feet away from people, um, you know. Anyway, obviously a complicated subject that I don't think we're going to get really fully into here. Yes. Um, okay, so moving on to the Sounders' uh, next game, which was against the Portland Timbers. Um, before this game, um, the Sounders have been communicating with the with MOS, um, asking to have the CCL patch on their jersey um, for the rest of the season. MOS has rejected that uh, that op- that uh, option. Did not give a reason. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is just one of these committee processes where you need some set of people to agree on something. You know, it makes sense that they have rules about how jerseys look, so it doesn't end up looking like a NASCAR driver. 
uh, with, you know, logos covering every inch of it. So it makes sense they're trying to do that in an organized way. You know, this is one of the consequences of doing something that no other MLS team had that, you know, there isn't a place for a Continental Championship um, patch in, you know, in the agreement. So it will take some time to work it out. Um, this is utter bullshit. Uh, the sound, Tell us how you really teams, feel about this teams, here, Matt. Uh, teams all over the world, um, all over the world. If you like, if you if you win the big competitions like this, you get the patch. Yep, and you, again, you the they, patch. Will, they has, will figure it out. MLS does not give it. You got to give a reason for why it's not this competition. MLS has been trying to win for its entire existence. Since or since it, it being re- they uh, will figure it out. I you know I'm I'm you know I'm sure in the end it's just no one's quite sure who's allowed to make the decision. If we're going to look for something where you know you want reasons, I I would want to hear. If the Sounders hear, win the uh, Club World Cup, do you think it's the same? It's the same aspect. Again, I mean, is that two patches? Is that one patch? You know, I don't know. You know, somebody needs to figure that out. But if you're saying, you know, what do I want to hear more reasons about? I don't so much care about, you know, the the exact specifications of where the patches go on the uniforms. I'd like to know a little bit more about, you know, how the assignments for who is the VAR referee, um, you know, happen uh, and whether anybody in particular's history with the clubs in question is taken into account there. Um, yeah, um, exactly. Um, that's, yeah, we, we definitely have to get into... Um, the big call um, in the uh, Portland game um, before this before this game um, have any thoughts on the I want to know uh, what you thought about the celebration of the um, or and just in general how did you feel about the, the sound of the Sounders holding off their CCL celebration for this game till this game um, you know, I mean, again, it makes sense that you want to have time to plan something. Uh, you know, we're we're away from Seattle, so we didn't get to see much of the of the in person event, just the unveiling of the banner itself. Um, you know, so again, was it intended as a way of you know taunting Portland and and showing Seattle's uh, supremacy there in the face of a of an opponent who you know would have liked to do to do well in that competition as well? Um, or, you know, is it just somebody needed to make a schedule and this is how it turned out? Hard to say. Um, you know, it is a obviously a huge achievement. Um, and Sounders, you know, are trying to not let that achievement distract them from also doing well in the league and doing well in the game. Fun to see the players, some uh, players, uh, 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 to, um, to see um, some people... Um, uh, land uh, uh, like glide into the stadium, um, like parachute in um, with the championship banner. That was uh, very fun. Um, uh, yeah, great to see to have our Concacaf um, League champion banner um, up in the rafters now, um, and it's and it's humongous, unlike uh, NYCFC's banner. Um, uh, they. Did a great job with that. Um, I'm. I will be. I'm very excited to see it in person. Um, like the Tifo, fun to see the Tifo. Uh, a little, a little smaller, or or uh, or um, not as 
not as memorable as as some of them um but uh, but still still good um a good crowd 50,000 um would have liked the entire stadium to be filled but i would say um a, a decent crowd the biggest crowd um um in mos play for for an mos game in a while um so yeah definitely liked um to see that um uh that being said uh uh that being said i yeah while like it's it was in the, um yeah, uh, with that being said, like uh, I feel like they did. I I I feel like they also could have raised the banner a little sooner. Um, yeah, definitely would have liked to be there. Um, so if they'd done it at like their next game after that win, um, would have been okay with that. So uh, let's get into the lineup for this game. Finally, we get a lot of players back. Um, for this game against Borden, we see Raul Ra- Ra- start. Other uh, than JP, is anyone else out at this point? Uh, no. Uh, well, Ariaga. Okay. Um, Ariaga was the only was the other one because Reagan um, gets the start um, early on um, in this in this game. Um, uh, before the goal, we saw uh, Eric Williamson get a yellow card and that and I'm mentioning that um that so that happened in the sixth minute uh because he very clearly could have been sent off in the first half uh before Reagan uh was the was the one player who sent off in this game um uh, but Portland would take the lead completely against the run of play um Nia's Gilda, um scores um assisted by Sebastian Blanco um Thought, thoughts on this goal, and this was this was a very anytime important scores on us. It's annoying, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Sounders a little bit late closing down on defense, but also just you know a beautiful cross and a beautiful finish. Um, you know, both with with very tight angles, um, and so this was just a high degree of difficulty on on both of those two final balls. Um, which again, the Sounders, if they'd been a little closer to their to their marks, could have made it a little harder than it was. Yeah, hard to say. Fry could have done much on this. Um, uh, but uh, so after that, um, obviously before that, we saw um, Nicholas Ladero had a big chance um, with a ball whipped in by one of the Rodons. Um, where the keeper had, um, really, no, he, like, it just, like, he didn't have time to react. He was just lucky to be in the right spot. Um, and, uh, the Sounders having just so, so many chances in the first half. Uh, but the biggest chance was the penalty shout, and I still have no idea how this wasn't given as a penalty. I, I think Chris Penzo, I, I think Chris Penzo was a good referee, and I thought he had a good game. Um, I think he was very well positioned for this, for this call, so I was surprised he didn't give it. But this is when VAR should be stepping in, and the fact that VAR did not tell him to go look at them, that 
This right, is, so it'd be inter- it'd the, be interesting to know, spot. you know, was there any communication about it? Yeah, like did because like, or did, like did Chris Penzo say like should I go look at this? Because like I I, I want to believe that Chris Penzo said that. I like Chris Penzo. Right, um, or did Chris Penzo yeah. say you know hey was he going down before the you know before the contact was made and the VAR said you know yeah you know because I I think the one the one argument I could see being made against it being a foul is that Ladero, you know, is great at drawing contact, you know, often eager to go down. And so the question of if that tactic works for him at midfield, should it work in the box? And, you know, that's does that not, frustrate the referees? That's not what happens here, though. That is not what happens here. Van Raken is late. He does not get the ball. He completely misses the ball. Right. He only gets Ladero. He gets both of Ladero's feet. This is a stone cold penalty. And obviously, and if I- you look at, you know, Jackson Reagan, the second yellow card, you know, what does yeah. Williamson do? He very clearly, deliberately flicks the ball up over Reagan and then runs forward in order to, in order to make contact. And, you know, still definitely a penalty. He's totally within his rights to, you know, get himself and the ball downfield. So, you know, Ladero doing the same thing, you know, trying to put himself in a position where the contact is made. Um, so anyway, I would very much love to hear a, a, like, a, like, an explanation from Chris Penso and Daniel Radford about, you know, what they think the correct call was and if they think they made the correct call, why they think that. This is such a big call that the referee should a hundred percent go and look at the monitor, like the, and uh, like, uh, yeah. How they he didn't even go look at this is baffling to me that he didn't right. And what the like threshold should be for that, and how much judgment is involved. And I, don't I, know. I hate when you say like uh, if you say like again like that a foul in the box has to be tougher than a foul outside like 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 than a foul outside the box like there shouldn't be a difference like a foul is the same anywhere on the field it should be treated anywhere on the field the same way um moving move and again if the sounders get this call we if we get a goal right before halftime halftime um the whole game is different it's 1-1 if we go into half 1-1 this whole game is different um i think there's a very good chance that reagan doesn't get a yellow card before half i think a lot of that was frustration but also his first reagan's first yellow card was really light um especially when you compare to um when um eric williamson uh took down a player right outside the box um which gave rusnak a free kick attempt um that that call definitely deserved a yellow card if you're giving Reagan a card for his for for his tackle um uh to receive a, a goal kick um that was, it was on a goal kick on the and, right? and I can't remember are there any um there's nothing that says like oh like a second yellow has to be harder than to get than no no I mean but is there any is there any you know after the game report filed by the referees? Or any you know any kind of press conference that they do, they they do like they do. Um, you know, in answer to your earlier question about the yeah. disciplinary committee, by the way, they did they did meet on the sixth and did not pro- do any additional penalty 
That uh, is crazy. And know, not even a fine. That's that's crazy. Now, yeah, and I and I don't know if they list somewhere. I mean, the where I've seen is they their only reports on additional penalties that they assessed. I don't know if there's a list anywhere of you know cases they considered. For for big calls, they do usually say stuff. They do usually put out a statement if this is the, like. So earlier in the season, when we also should have had a penalty in that game against Cor- in Colorado, like Tim Ford said. After the Tim Ford said after the game, either written or stuff, that he thought it wasn't in the box, and that's why it couldn't have been a penalty. Which I don't know. Like that game against that that chance when Raúl Diaz his foot was clearly either on the line or in the box, like definitely on outside the box. Like I don't know which call is worse. Um, that the I guess with that they did go to VAR. Um, so I think this one, so I think that one might still be worse because he went to VAR and determined that was outside, that was, um, that was outside the box, that was, that was inside the, uh, it was, yeah, no, it was outside the box. Um, uh, yeah, so that's, that's definitely annoying. But again, Williamson shouldn't have been on the field, um, because of his tackle. Um, yeah, I don't want this, like, you could tell. Like, when he made that last one, like, Chris Penzo was like, this is your last warning. So it makes it especially annoying that he didn't give another warning to Reagan. I mean, Reagan, like, this is, like, a very obvious yellow card, which is why he doesn't get a warning right. I mean, like and again, that. this is one of these veteran things. They sort of know a little better where the, you know, where the line is, what the referee feels like they have to call. But um, he shouldn't have been on the field. Uh, but sure. it, again, it, it like Chris Penzo like immediately had the yellow card, the second yellow out. Right, and I think um, you could make an argument that the first yellow shouldn't have been given. Yeah, yeah. You know, I agree Reagan was you know, hold you know, using his arms to to jump in a in a position the where the one the yellow card that was not given to Williamson is definitely more of a yellow card than Reagan's first yellow yeah. card. Um, again, that being said, um, so so when this happens. Um, the Sounders definitely have to readjust a little. It seemed like really just knew who started playing more center back. And pretty much from this part, we were playing three at the back. Or, or I guess Rowe um, went back to left back. And then that was struggling. Like Timbers, the Timbers did have some chances like right but after that But in general, it felt like we, we, we really did keep the pressure on. Yeah, I, I agree. Like really up until the Timbers... Um, the Timbers made it 2-0. We were on the we were on the front foot. Um, we made making a couple of changes. We took uh, we put on Atencio, who has played center back um, before. Um, and Kevin Rowe goes off. So then we were truly playing three at the back. Um, then we bring on Madronda and Chu. Um, Will Bruin would come on um, later, uh, but. I think that's what's what's most frustrating about this game um to me is like we played really well with 10 with 10 players and we were making so many chances like unlike the Montreal game we didn't deserve to win that game like I felt like we didn't deserve to lose that game but we didn't deserve to win it since we didn't we didn't um make we didn't uh, have that many chances um, in this game, we had so many chances. Raúl Ra- Diaz puts one off the post. Very rare from him. 
Um, but obviously that could change stuff. And then obviously the, with the Ladero one and just so many, so many chances um, that the Sounders were unable to finish. And that's what made it so frustrating because, it, like, yes, Portland scored a, a nice goal at the beginning. Um, and, yes, the, the like, the penalty is legit. Like, it's it's really, unf- it, like, it's very annoying. Um, it's, like, it's hard to know, like, what is new who's supposed to do. But, yes, it's a handball, like, when that was given. Right. Like, so, I mean, just overall, it, it, it felt handball. like there were four or five, you know, sort of unlucky things that went against the Sounders from um, Rui Diaz is shot off the post to, you know, the bad refereeing decisions to the, you know, goal scored from a very narrow angle. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, one of those days when the bounces are all against you. Yeah, I mean, what was it? Like, it's a very obvious penalty and the VAR was correct to give it. But the fact that they did not review the first one and they were so quick to look at this one does was like, okay. Right, definitely frustrating. Is Bradford, come on, where's Bradford from? Is he from Portland? Because clear, clear. Or, you know. I mean, you know Radford's history, right, with the Sounders? I, I do not know. I did not. Uh, he So in, in his first game officiating... Uh, MLS teams so he's never he's never he's been a a fourth official in a VAR in MLS Mm -hmm. but he did officiate as the center ref for one game involving two MLS teams was it was it the red card wedding it was the red card wedding oh my god and um and then he was the he was the fourth official in 2018 in a controversial game with the Sounders so you know it's just there's the 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 bizarre history here and you know, this guy I, I just hates us. Well, I mean, again, I don't know if anyone has ever has ever interviewed about it. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure he has a story to tell, and you know, he was just somebody put in a situation he's above still, his head. Um, he's still butthurt about Dempsey. Yep. Um. Again, who's his his suspension like only just ended? Um. That is a that is an absolute crazy st- you know and, and probably still upset Small that world. he never made it to be a center ref within mls um which maybe if that game had gone better for him in the open cup it, he would have uh so anyway yeah very be, and obviously in that game yeah obviously so you you, you would think that, that somebody game. would have a post-it note somewhere that said don't assign this guy to any more seattle portland matches yeah uh but apparently not um uh that crazy just um Small world, um, it is. Um, yeah, again, but again, yeah, I like Chris Benzo. I'm not, I, no, no blame goes to him. I thought everything he did was correct. Um, and happy to see him at a game since it feels like the Sounders have only had Joe Dickerson in the last couple games at every home game I've been at. Um, it's always been Joe Dickerson recently. Um, uh, uh, moving on, yeah. Um, the third goal, like again, like the th- what was it? Just like at the end of the game, like um, hearing having to hear the announcers um, be like, "Oh, this is their biggest win ever." It was just like so frustrating because again, like they did, we like they did, they 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 came in and they played. Um, um, and they knew that they were going to play on the counter. Um, and um, I felt like, in, similar to Toronto, like it was obvious 
why they're not at the top of the standings this year. Like, they still gave the ball away a lot. Um, yeah, it's just still frustrating since we had more chances. Um, and it wasn't like it was a dominant performance. Um, it's nothing like the six, like the six-two game that we played in in Portland. Because in that game, like all those goals we scored were phenomenal. All those goals were definitely better than these goals. Um, you know, um, and like we like just absolutely pummeled them. So hopefully, because um, this this stat. The like the 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 home team, um, whoever the ho- is at home in this rivalry keeps being a disadvantage. Hopefully we can um, we can um, uh, take it to them in Portland again. Uh, do you have any thought? What are your thoughts on like how like one sided this has been like or like how the home team hasn't won? Uh, yeah, you know I I don't do you know think? what to say about that. I mean I think somebody made the point that. There's a lot of pressure on the home team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are certainly aware of the, um, you know, of the question. You know, so the home, the the away team has, you know, the ability to sort of win ugly, uh, mm-hmm. whereas the home team is trying to play entertaining soccer. Um, so I don't know. You know, it's a strange, a strange thing, and a, just yet another strange thing about the rivalry. Uh, and I guess a reason to, you know, travel with your team away, but hopefully the Sounders will be able to break that cycle at some point at Lumen Field. Yep. Uh, while keeping it going when they when they head down to Portland. Yep. So we'll definitely hope that we can get uh, uh, that we can um, get some revenge when we go to Portland. Um, one thing that does make me feel a little better is that while we were celebrating our CCL win. Uh, they were celebrating a random MLS match, um, which is it, it, it's sad that this is what they have to celebrate um, since they have not won anything massive in the last seven years. Um, um, so we'll, we'll, we'll let them have this one um, uh, with their very empty trophy cabinet. Okay. Moving on from this game uh, against Portland, now the Sounders travel to Nashville for our first game ever in Tennessee. Um, obviously, we played Nashville at the beginning of the season, week one. Um, Nashville won 1 0, um, and now we're playing at Geodis Park on Wednesday. I'm a little surprised this game isn't on na- national TV. Um, Nashville recently has been playing very, very poorly. Obviously, they lost to SKC. Then they tied Portland. And then um, they lost 4-1 in Charlotte this past weekend. Um, so, very, so basically, since the international break, they have not been playing well. Um, so, obviously, both teams will come into this game with something to prove. It'll be interesting to see how it comes out. I really don't know what to expect. And I am definitely hoping that the Sounders have a good performance and take it uh, to uh, Nashville, uh, take it to uh, my co-host, Matt Powell of Football is Life. Uh, You know, obviously the Sounders will be thin at the back. I don't know if there's any chance Ariago will be back for this game. I think there's a... There's a decent chance, but also if uh, I, I I like A.B. Sissoko, like he's been yeah, good very, point. 
he's been um um he's been very he's been playing very well for um MLS, in MOS next play um by the way um Tacoma Defiance beat uh the Portland Timbers two, uh two six to one this past weekend um again so that that's also partly resent as the Tacoma Defiance continues to good signs uh, for the future of the rivalry to run havoc in um in in that um uh, I believe that uh, Double Air got a goal in that. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so an, another six goal performance uh, for them. Uh, what is your but what what is your score prediction? Who do you um, who do you expect to to start at, uh, up top for this game? Obviously, we saw Montero, uh, or as we know, I guess we saw R- R- Rodriguez um, comes back. Do you think he will start? I would think Rui Diaz will be back. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether he'll whether he'll play ninety minutes, and I guess, you know, I don't know if he was just tired at the end of the game or if they said anything about a possible injury when he came out. Well, I think well, any time a player's coming back from injury, um, like like they want to limit minutes. I think if the Sounders if the Sounders had been winning, or if the if it wasn't if the game wasn't as frustrating as it was, right, he might have only played sixty minutes. I think a hundred percent. He yeah. like there he was definitely walking slowly. Um, so I, I mean, I would think that the Sounders will, you know, will will play their their first team. Um, you know, yeah, score the predictions. Fact, the first team will want to will want to erase the game against Portland, and also the, the game against Nashville uh, at, the, at the beginning of the season. And then also our next game is against the team at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So if we're talking about which team, which which game do you play a stronger lineup for? Um, then I would say then it's this one. Um, and, uh, with Chicago on the weekend, I would, I will be shocked if Bruin doesn't start that game. Yep. Um, I will, uh, I'll predict a 2-1 Sounders win for this, for this game, um, with, uh, uh, a late goal from Bruin and an early goal from Christian Roldan. And then, um, uh, Mukhtar, Mukhtar will score for Nashville. You're thinking, um, I think that's a that's a good prediction. Um, I'm gonna say the Sounders are mad after this pointing game, so they um, and um, I'll say I'll say three, I'll say three two Mukhtar with two goals because when Mukhtar scores, he usually scores two. So he scores two. Um, Robert Diaz will score um, two, and then Nadero will score one. So three two is my prediction. Um, uh, and uh, uh, we'll be talking and um, we'll be talking about that game um, on football's life um, in a lot of depth uh, this coming Friday. Um, talking about uh, that game, um, if you haven't listened to football's life, check it out. Football's life anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can follow them on Instagram, footballslife.wecb, breaking down all of MOS action um, in more detail. Uh, uh, but specifically NYCFC, Nashville, and the Sounders. Um, and also tweet at them at WECB Football. Uh, moving on to the second game this week, game in Chicago at Soldier Field. Um, what are your what are your what are you expecting for for this game? What- yeah, I haven't thought ahead that far. Um, you know, obviously, as you said. Uh, Chicago has not been great. 
Um, so hopefully the Sounders can rotate some people, still go there and get a result. Um, but, you know, don't have a score prediction, so happy to defer to you here. Uh, I, I think that obviously with how Chicago's been performing, um, I would say that they um, – I, I don't think it will be a, a – uh, I'm expecting Sounders should take care of business um, in front of uh, empty uh, Soldier Field. Um, uh, I think, yeah, um, see what happens um, coming up for the Sounders. Both of those games should be exciting. Hopefully the Sounders can bounce back after a disappointing um, couple games uh, with Portland and Montreal. Um, but, again, anytime we beat Toronto, um, we're going to be feeling good. Um Final thoughts uh, from this last week. DC just announced that uh, Wayne Rooney is going to be their new coach. Uh, any quick thoughts on that? Uh, you decided that he'll be in the league as a coach now. Yeah, you know, obviously an interesting guy, interesting player. Um, does that translate to being a coach? Not necessarily. So it'll be interesting to see how this experiment works out. Uh, we saw El Trafico. Um, I think the funny to see that the league really overhyped the game. Chiellini started on the bench. Bale didn't even play. Um, uh, so, I I mean, I was interested to watch this game just because I thought there could be another Zlatan uh, moment like Zlatan's entrance. But obviously, we'll have to wait to see what Bale can do. Um, Bale, coming into the league, what's your thoughts? Um, You know, we'll have to see how it all works out. Uh, yeah, definitely we'll see if he has uh, a Zlatan-esque um, uh, You know, obviously he, he has a particular motivation. You know, Zlatan, it was all about Zlatan and showing he could perform on yet another stage. Um, Bale, I think, is more concerned about the World Cup, so we'll see uh, how it goes. But He said he, it makes sense. He's here to win. The, he says he wants to win the trophy. Yeah, he seemed very excited to be there, obviously, you know. Uh, had a Love good time so down on the field, you know. Had a had a message. Makes sense that he speaks Spanish after his time in in Real Madrid. But you know, get had a message in Spanish for the LAFC fans, and um, you know, seems excited to be there. So we'll see how it works out and whether he can pay attention for a full sixty minutes of a game. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of Scarves Up. Make sure you check out uh, Football is Life. Uh, you can. Uh, to everything you want to know about that show, you can find out on their website, footballslife.net. Uh, make sure you follow this show, uh, uh, the Scarves Up Podcast on Instagram, at Scarves Up Podcast. Uh, if you want to contact the show, go to scarvesuppodcast.com. Uh, make sure uh, to come back uh, uh, for, keep, keep listening to the show. We love uh, to have you. Um, and for the games in the future against Nashville and Chicago on the road and at home, make sure you keep your scarves up.